Is Jason the first returning guest to the podcast? Ooh. I think so. Ooh. Wow. Oh, man, what an honor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I feel special. Wow. And now, Deep Thoughts. You are listening to the Deep Thoughts Podcast, where we explore one aspect of the Christian faith a little more deeply. I'm your host, Matt Schantz, and in this episode, I am joined by friend of the show, Jason Kovacs. Jason has been serving individuals, leaders, families, churches, and nonprofit organizations in the areas of pastoral care, counseling, and orphan advocacy for over 20 years. Prior to starting Gospel Care Collective, Jason served as the pastor of counseling at the Austin Stone Community Church, where he founded and directed the Austin Stone Counseling Center. Jason's areas of interest include marriage, adoption-related issues, parenting, depression, anger, anxiety, addiction, stress, and work-related struggles. Jason's greatest passion is to see clients and churches experience the reality of the overcoming grace of God in their lives. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Well, Jason, I get to welcome you back to the podcast as our first returning guest. Welcome, man. Uh, thanks for having me. It's <laughs> great to be here. And uh, we are going to talk about... Um, biblical counseling in our time together. If you're wondering a little bit more about Jason, you can look back at a, an episode uh, we did on adoption and foster care, and I asked him a bunch of questions about himself, so you can find that out there. But I'd, I'd love to just dive in and um, maybe specifically, though, get a little bit of your history as it pertains to your previous work at the Austin Stone uh, and in Austin, Texas, and then your current work with, uh, the gospel care collective. Just tell me a little bit about, uh, biblical counseling in those two, uh, spaces. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, originally from here and, uh, found myself, uh, as a pilgrim down in, in the U S of a, and ended up in Austin, Texas, where, uh, my wife was from, is from, and, uh, was on staff at a large church there as the pastor of counseling, mm-hmm. And, uh, and and it really, my role there as the pastor of counseling was to think, uh, along with the other pastors and elders, how do we as a church really care well for our church and and even the community that we were in, the city, uh, as we had a real missional vision. So it, it was an exciting time to get to uh, dream about and then and build out uh, a care ministry that wasn't just a ministry that. You know, we cared for people that were hurting and broken, but was actually part of the culture of the church. That was mm. that was a big part of of what we were what we did there, and is still happening there. Was creating creating a culture that that said, hey, if you're going to be a part of this community, you're going to feel cared for, mm. and you're going to be cared for well. Uh, and if you're just in the city, and, and that you're, we're also as a church going to have a have a care for you. Uh, so yeah, that, that can, was. Can you flesh that out a little bit more? Like, how did that work in the life of the church? How did the pastor of was it pastor of counseling? Pastor of caring counseling of is, caring is my counseling. title. Yeah. So can you talk just a little bit more about how did that work? How did folks from Austin Stone find their way to you or your um, mm-hmm. 
your ministry and then maybe how did someone how did some folks maybe find you who were just citizens of austin that might have uh, you know because you have that missional component to it as well you were talking about yeah yeah so one of the big things we we ended up doing was starting a, a, a center a counseling center and and i don't think every church has to do that there's a lot of ways to care really well for your church and care for uh, the community and, and create a culture uh, versus just a ministry but but for us the, the sort of this the, the uh, a central practical piece was uh, starting a center that that served the church but also served the community. So we we found a lot of people were looking for counseling. They were looking for uh, help, and there just weren't weren't a lot of great options. There, you know, there were some options out there. There were even some Christian options out there, but there wasn't very many options for counseling that was centered in the gospel. And and that really aligned with the theology that they were hearing preached on Sundays, and so um, so we when we started that we you know we we found a lot of people um, were blessed through that they were they they had access to good biblical gospel centered counseling and uh, and then that was also a really great means of serving the community so. You know, a lot of people in the community uh, were looking, also looking for counseling, and we became a, a, a great option for them. Hmm. And so, can you talk about that a little bit more? Like that idea of, you know, you're part of this church and you hear the gospel preached every week, and then maybe you have some marriage issues or some challenges in your own life, and you go to a counselor and, and you find that the gospel is in some instances, very much on the periphery as if it doesn't attach to the situations mm-hmm. you're in. Can you explain a little bit about this this kind of yeah. approach of, of, of gospel counseling for people? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. I think a lot of people's experience with even Christian counseling is, uh, it, it's an option to, to bring the gospel or bring Christ into the, into the, the counseling room. That's how a lot of counselors approach it. Christian counselors approach it. That's a big part of that is that's how they're trained. Mm. They're sort of, they're trained wherever they're trained to say, well, you can be a Christian, but but you cannot you cannot force Christ into the into the the, the therapeutic relationship. It, it has to be brought into if Jesus is going to be part of it. If the gospel is going to be part of it, it, has to be the client that brings it up. And mm. so it ends up being sort of this you know optional check check. Um, box that you, you you have when you go to counseling, and uh, and it's sort of up to you as as the client to to bring that in. Hmm. Uh, but I find what the problem is that you know for a lot of people in counseling and 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 in a space where they want some counseling, they're they're looking for direction, they're looking for help, they're they're maybe so anxious or so worried or so uh, so they're struggling in different ways that that they don't know how to bring Jesus. And their and their struggle together, so they're looking for help for that, um, and 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 again, so a lot of counseling just isn't set up to do that. Mm. So gospel counseling, biblical, good biblical counseling, is upfront about that. Says, hey, the 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 center point of this counseling is Jesus, is the gospel, is the good news that uh, no matter what we're struggling with, and the fact is we're all struggling. So there's no nobody that's uh, yeah. that that's, that 
is without need for grace and without a desperate need for the Spirit mm -hmm. to continually be sanctifying us and changing us and helping us. Um, but whatever our needs are, spiritual, physical, emotional, psychological, the gospel speaks to all of that. And I think that's the other thing that we've also, when we think about biblical counseling, we have a reductionistic sort of view on it that it just has to, you know, biblical counseling just has to deal with sin and, uh, and spiritual things. But I think true biblical counseling has to do with the whole person. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a big difference. Uh, so helpful. Like I, I, I get excited to to think about this and to talk with you because I mean we believe that the gospel touches every area of our lives yeah. and that um, it really is the focal point. Um, and so we can find some hope, you know, in some some things. Uh, but we find ultimate hope in Jesus, right? Yeah. We we um, we can find some healing for some brokenness in some areas, and there's some ways to do that. Mm -hmm. But nothing heals brokenness like Jesus. Yeah. And so, Man. just so encouraged to uh, to hear you caring this way. Um, I uh, just before we uh, pressed record, I was mentioning a, a CBC article that was uh, written about a federal report that came out recently uh, stating that the op Opioid deaths are skyrocketing. Mental health is uh, suffering due to pandemic restrictions. We're, we, we're enough months into this thing now where, you know, Canada has been dubbed one of the happiest places in the world, and they measure that mm -hmm. in certain ways, but that's been plummeting uh, over yeah. recent months. And so um, I'm just wondering from your vantage point as a Christian counselor who has individuals and couples and families coming your way, um, what are what are a couple of the things you're seeing in this season? Is it, is, it, is it unique from your vantage point, what you're observing right now, or heightened, or what, what is it looking like? Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I, and it, it's all over the board. I don't think anybody's not uh, has escaped being impacted by the pandemic, and it's hitting people in in all kinds of you know in, in different ways. Um, so I mean, one of the things that, that that I'm seeing maybe more of than than I have before uh, COVID was is anxiety, increased anxiety, hmm. uh, depression, isolation, uh, loneliness. Uh, you know that, that there's an increase in that. I I think you know, one way to look at it is that uh, that that all existed before the pandemic, but what has happened is uh, there's. Uh, there's now more space to, to, to think about those things, to consider kind of what, what, what's, what's going on in our hearts. Uh, now, again, though, there's, there's some people that, you know, they've lost their jobs. There's a lot of people that have lost their jobs that are, mm -hmm. that their life circumstances because of COVID has been radically altered. So you've got that as well. But, um, I, yeah, I find in my counseling, it's a real mix. So, what would you say, and maybe you just mentioned them, but what would you say would be like the top three or so struggles that individuals or couples are, are coming to you? Maybe not uniquely in a COVID time, but, but what do you, perhaps it's the same answer, but what are you seeing are, are the, the, the main issues you're seeing over and over again? Yeah, I mean, definitely increased stress, um, uh, which you know, leads to anxiety, depression, isolate isolation so loneliness 
Uh, I know that's more than three, uh, but uh, you know, we put a few of those together, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you know, for married couples, uh, conflict. So they're you know they're working at home more than they oh, ever yeah. have in their life. They're yeah. you know they're on top of each other in in terms of you know the, the kids being home. They're you know, all that added stress. I, I you know what, what I think COVID has exposed is. Uh, is, is a lot of stuff that maybe was there, but now it's ex- exasperated and that's just conflict and tension and resentment and you know, all the stuff that, that creates conflict in a marriage. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of couples, you know, coming, coming and, and dealing with that, which I, I tell them that this is so great. They, they, they have some space now with COVID to a little, a little easier for them to schedule a session online. And most of my, all my counseling is online and a lot of other counselors are doing the same thing. So that's one of the benefits with COVID yeah, is yeah. Th- there's a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that as well. So can, can you flesh that out just a little bit more, almost like a case study, perhaps? Um, you've got a couple that uh, tensions have increased that may have already been there, but exponentially increased because yeah. less time with others, more time together uh, exacerbates the problem. Um, they connect with you and you say, hey, this is great that we could, that, you know, that you're talking that you're coming that we can sort this out that this time is affording that where else would you take a conversation like that where the tensions are mounting in a season like this and maybe a uniquely gospel counseling kind of way yeah yeah well i think one of the things no matter what anybody comes if it's an individual um or it's a couple i i i i let them know you know god is at work even before you you and I connected and, you know, whatever it is that you're struggling with, I, I really believe as a biblical counselor uh, that that Jesus, the Spirit, the Father is at work. And uh, and so you coming and you guys, you know, this being exposed in your marriage or in your life is part of God's kindness. You know, in Romans 2, it says it's His kindness that leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you know even if there's sin, uh, now this might be suffering that that has led to this, and, and it's a or it's a mix. But whatever it is that God is working and God is, God is caring for you, mm-hmm. and, and so that that for the couple I think is encouraging. And and I, I always say that because I I need to hear that. I need to be reminded yeah. that no matter what the circumstances are, there, there's hope because of Jesus because of the spirit because of the father and so i mean i know that sounds like well that's obvious that's we should assume that well i, I try not to assume that and let people know you know that that's that's something that i really believe is true and so the other part of that number 2 is uh he's not just been working but he's he's present he's a present help and uh and again that's something that we can kind of assume and and you know but i i try to in in, in my counseling relationship and in, in in our times together uh you know bring that reminder uh to the forefront that okay you know through whether that's me praying or as we open the word or in the conversation i'm, I'm reminding them jesus is with us this isn't just a dialogue mm-hmm. uh, my friend bob kelman says every counseling relationship is a trialogue uh yeah, cool. the counselee the counselor and the the Trinity, or the Father, uh, the Spirit, and the Son, and uh, and Jesus really, by the Spirit, is present, and and that makes a a, a world of difference. 
um, when, when we're walking through stuff that, that, that we know that, that God is with us, that God has something to say about what we're going through as well. Uh, and, it's, and it's relational. It's not just, hey, here's some principles that you've, you know, that, that you've not been following that you need to start you know, adhering to. Uh, you know, but it's, it's, here's a, here's the God who created you and loves you and saved you and redeemed you and is sanctifying you. He is spoken through his word and, and let's sit with that together. Cause I know I, I tell them too, like, man, I, I, it's hard. I know in my head, these things, I know what to do, but my heart has to catch up. And so this space of counseling space is often uh, maybe the most significant thing that happens is we get to sit together with the the brokenness, the the burdens, the struggles in, in our life, in our marriage, and put it out in the presence of the Lord and say, "Help, Lord, give us wisdom, give us direction," um, and 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 then to receive that. Hmm. Well, that's really good. When it comes to uh like tension in marriage, um, what are a couple of the the areas that keep coming up where you identify uh, most oftentimes uh, here's a here's a major issue or you know here's the crux of the matter in this situation? Like, what are a couple yeah. that you, you come across regularly? Yeah, I mean the one that the first thing that comes to mind is uh, is is struggle to communicate or struggles with communication that's that's usually what the you know is presented hey, we, we were struggling to communicate and, and a big part of that is often uh, one or both sometimes one of, of the of the spouses is not uh, someone who, who t- is in tune with their emotions so they you know and the other spouse really wants to connect emotionally and you know sometimes it's you know the 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 stereotype is that the wife has all the emotions and the husband has you know only four emotions right. sad mad glad and hungry right <laughs> it's like all, that's all i got right and and let alone even sharing those um so so there's often a a, a real struggle to 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 experience intimacy and connection when they're not able to talk at an emotional level and communicate at an emotional level. So that's a big one that comes up over and over and over again. Hmm. It creates a lot of tension because there's off, there's always things that you've got to kind of talk through and work through, but what happens is emotion gets stirred up. Yep. And if you're not able to be aware of what you're feeling and, and experiencing and believing about yourself and, 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 and your spouse and God and all that, then it's really hard to have a conversation that that goes anywhere good you end up you know fighting or you end up just not talking at all you know fight or flight right yep. uh or you withdraw and and there's there's uh that it just there's no intimacy in that hmm. and 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 there's disconnection and and or, or couples feel stuck yep. and they know intuitively they know that's not the way it's supposed to be uh, that's not what they want uh so so that oftentimes that that's that's coming out as we hmm. meet hmm. i uh i've done some counseling um uh, for myself and uh with my wife as well and uh i'm glad that i, I sense i'm interested in your take on this i sense that the stigma is maybe mm. going down a little bit some of it has to do with um just the awareness around mental health issues mm. and just more of an acceptance of uh 
this is yeah. this is uh, quite broad. We all know folks uh, who have mental health challenges, and so th- that stigma is going down. And I think the stigma then also for for uh, seeking help and and uh, reaching out um, when things aren't aren't merely desperate and on yeah. the brink, but just like hey, I'll, I. Uh, my my arm is sore i'll go to some physio you know or i broke my arm i'll go to the er or but then when our our head or our heart you know are hurting Mm -hmm. or or not making sense there has been a real stigma around some of those things are are you finding um that lifting or or is it still quite a do you have a lot of folks reluctantly (laughs) reaching out to you as a last ditch what what do you see what do you see from your vantage point on, on that yeah, yeah, I, I think it's changing. I, you know, I, Good. I don't. There's not a lot of hard data, right? Like that. I mean, I'm sure there's there's studies for everything out there, uh, but I, I would say in the church, it's changing. Mm. Uh, a part of that is more pastors are talking about it. Like like you just shared, you know, there's more pastors that are being open and saying, "Hey, I've been to counseling. I go to counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's it's a present reality for them. It's not a yeah, I went to counseling ten years ago." Um, you know, when I was you know really desperate, it was we're normalizing it, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, it's becoming more uh, a, a more regular part of the conversation that we're having within the church. It's becoming uh, a part of you know what, what people are hearing from the pulpit. Um, there's more stories out there, you know, within evangelicalism of uh, you know as sad stories of pastors and leaders right. who have fallen or, right. or you know committed suicide because they you know because of mental health struggles uh, or a lot more stories of of those who have struggled and and uh, and and come to a place where uh, they're very uh, very desperate because they've not dealt with stuff early on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so yeah, I think that there's a lot of factors, but it's encouraging to see it changing and, and people realizing, okay, this is a this is a good thing. Like you said, yes. yeah. you know, I go to the, we have no, you know, we give we don't think twice about going to the doctor. That's right. And uh, you know, back in the day, pa- pastors were called the physicians of the soul. Mm-hmm. And we've sort of moved away from that. Now they're leaders and uh, move, right. you know, movement uh, right. uh, makers. And so, you know, I think that that's also shifting too. There's a good, you know, shift within uh, within the church, mm-hmm. maybe back to seeing that the, the, the importance of the soul and importance of caring for people, shepherding them. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear you say that, and uh, I mean, I advocate for that. Again, I'll I'll, I'll make it really clear. Like, I, I uh, we offer, um, you know, helping folks in our church with with counseling all the time, and 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 um, and advocate for that, and uh, just believe it is it can be such a help. Um, so I I think I probably uh, fit fit into uh, the the cliche about husbands there that you said because because early on when I went to counseling I discovered that I I honestly did not have the language I didn't have the emotional intelligence to articulate what felt stirred up in me you know like I, I feel something. Well, what do you feel? You know, and your 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 wife is wanting to uh, to be in on this and to know. It's like I don't know. Like like literally yeah. not being able to put language to um, 
kind of a, a wrestle, you know, and and it, it takes a lot of investment to essentially from from my perspective it was learning a new language learning the language of of how am i doing <laughs> and uh and so i i think it's so helpful when you know and i understand when people come and say it's communication issues it's not a lack of desire to want to a lot of times it's a i don't know how yeah and so what a gift it is to be able to have someone and not just someone i love that picture of uh what was it not a triad but the just the counselor, right? The, yeah, the trilogue. The trilogue yeah, and, yeah. and Jesus there too. And that's just so good. So yeah. so there's that communication kind of stuff. What what else are you seeing in the areas of uh, counseling couples that's coming up a lot? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, conflict, right? And that uh, and patterns of conflict that have uh, that have been established over years and years and years that, that they've just not been able to get out of. So some of that they connected to the, the you know knowing their emotions, getting developing language. Uh, that's a big part of that. But sometimes it's helping them develop a new dance. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I talk a lot about that in our counseling that they have a certain dance and 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 it's and it's not it's one that they don't want to keep doing, mm-hmm. and but they've developed it over a long period of time and it's it's almost intuitive and and uh, habitual. So, uh, so that's the other, uh, another big thing that, that uh, mm. often do with couples is helping them find new rhythms and new ways to relate to each other. So it's not just new language, but it's some new, uh, some new habits and new ways of communicating uh, and even spending time together. I think for, for in our culture, we're, we're so busy that uh, some, sometimes it can't, it, it's never simplistic, but sometimes there's some simple things. That, that, that we just find hard to do, but it can be some simple things like pausing and taking 10 minutes out of the day to, to look at each other and really ask, how, how are you doing? And, and it's amazing, you know, uh, how, you know, when I ask couples, when was the last time you've really kind of sat down together and asked each other how you're doing or spent time together just having fun, hmm. you know, doing something enjoyable that, that they would say, oh, I, you know, it's been a long time, you know, COVID again, right? It's like, you know, how do you go on a date? How do you, you know, even at home, you know, have a date at home? It's like, well, the kids are right there (laughs) for a lot of, for a lot of folks. So that's been a challenge um, to an added, an an added challenge for a lot of couples. Yeah. You talk about the dance and it's a dance that maybe they don't want to do or, you know, it's just, it, these are patterns that are ingrained, whether it's, um, you know, not fighting fair as a couple. It's like, yeah. oh, someone made the other one angry and you have this poor pattern of communication, but it's just what you do. And yeah. so you fall into it, you fall into it. And then as individuals as well, of course, we can fall into patterns of sin or practices that are, are damaging. Yeah. I, because of like common grace, this idea that like there are just... Um, lots of good things that everyone can access that are probably helpful to get us out of destructive patterns. Mm -hmm. But then specifically going back to the idea of of biblical counseling and and the gospel at the center, how do you help individuals um, who are, uh, as a a couple or as an individual, where there are destructive patterns? What's the path forward? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, uh, number one would be that there is a path, that there is hope, 
Mm-hmm. So helping them recognize that uh, in Christ there is hope for change. Because you know, for couples that are, I, I have a number of couples that are dealing with the, the betrayal of uh, of infidelity, uh, or some very damaging and 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 um, painful hurt that has has occurred over time, compounded over time, or um, that they've never addressed. And so, you know, number one is that because of the gospel, there is hope for change, no matter what. Now, that that isn't, again, simplistic, like, there's hope for change, and because of the gospel, you know, you need to just believe that and not struggle anymore. Right. Like, you're you're healed right now. Uh, Sometimes, a lot of times, that's a process. Mm -hmm. It's a process, the healing that God does in our hearts. Uh, you know, like Psalm one forty seven three says that he he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Uh, so, but but so sometimes he does that, and and it's a miracle. But a lot of times that healing is progressive, and it's over over a period of time. So I encourage them that okay, there is hope, uh, and and part of that God's purposes and plans is often that we go through a process. Um, uh, but but again, there there there's uh, we we can put our hope not in our spouse to heal us, and and to fix what has been broken. But we we can ask for them to help us hmm. by by maybe not doing what they've been doing. You know, if it's pornography, like you know your your spouse is not going to heal that hurt by. Uh, becoming perfect. Mm-hmm. The only only human that was ever perfect was Jesus. Mm. But they can, yeah. Let's let's talk about what they can do to help. But you can put your hope for healing in Jesus and in the Spirit and in the Father. Uh, so all of that, her helping helping them to 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 learn practically how to do that, how to take our hurts and how to take our betrayals and our pain to Jesus. So the Psalms are an incredible resource where you have. You know the psalmist lamenting and crying out. Uh, spend a lot of time there, uh, but that would that would be foundational. You know, in terms of the gospel, that we, we you're not looking to each other to heal each other, help each other alone. It's that we have we have uh, a God who is in the business of uh, transformation, hmm. uh, and and that makes all the difference in the world. Foundationally, yeah. yeah. Well, as we look to to land the plane, um, I'm interested to to go back to this idea of uh, what we're seeing some statistics come in that are saying that in this season, um, an already anxious and depressed culture is more so. Um, so what would what would be a, a word that you would share to them, uh, whether you you set them on a, a trajectory towards something to help even beyond your words now? But but what would you say to those experiencing anxiety and depression in this season? Yeah, 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 and which is exasperated in in the in the culture that is is anxious. We we live and we work in a in a in an atmosphere that is anxious. So I think there's people that have never been anxious that are all of a sudden anxious because they're being overwhelmed and flooded by the the anxiety that, you know, spills over you know, from the states even, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like is there any any place that's more anxious than the US right now? Yeah, we're we're literally recording on US election day here. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. it's on the mind, right? Yeah, and so yeah, you you have that, and you have families that are that 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 are anxious, and and so I, I I try to encourage people if you're 
finding yourself struggling with anxiety for whatever reason, um, you know, to, to take that serious and, and to be, um, to care for yourself. Uh, so, so Jesus says this, this thing that we all know, but we miss this one part that he says, you know, the, the greatest commandment, and we all know this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor. Well, that's not all of it. He says, as you love yourself. And I think that's something we miss, and, and we, can, you know, we can approach that wrongly, but I think it's really important to take that serious and approach it in, in the way I think Jesus meant it, is to care for ourselves, mm-hmm. to, ex- to, to see ourselves the way Jesus sees us, to... Um, to allow the, the you know to allow the spirit to minister to our soul to know what we need uh, you know that 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 taking this time and the space and again this is where meeting with a friend you know meeting with a pastor opening up is really critical going to counseling can just simply be a space to ask the question what do I need to what 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 do I need and what do, what what does Jesus want to give me to care for my soul hmm. so that I can I can obey his word to not be anxious. Hmm. Well, he want he says that, but he also wants to provide us with everything we need. He says in Peter to, for life and godliness and I think a part of that is to to be a non-anxious presence in an anxious world. Hmm. Like through through Christ we can we can move in that direction. Uh, but we got to give ourselves space. We have to be kind to ourselves. We have to we have to separate ourselves from from all the things that are making us anxious, mm-hmm. and 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 that can be hard to do, really yeah. hard to do, because maybe for some people they've never really done that, and and they need help to know how to and learn how to do that. Yeah, we're living in a literally isolating time. You know, we're we're supposed to have our safe six, literally only six others yeah. total that that come into our home. Um. You know, a lot of people working from home or lost their job. Um, you know, for months school was closed, that kind of stuff. So, so it's literally isolating. Uh, but one of the things that also adds to that isolation is this feeling like I can't tell anyone else what I'm going through, and, yeah. and I mean that's one of the stigma pieces, right? Is it's like ah, yeah. that means I'm super broken. Yeah, and uh, and, yeah. and one, if I look at some of the the greatest privileges I've felt like I've had in my, my uh, ministry is when people have gotten honest with me, mm. um, trusted me enough to share what's really going on. I, I, I'm so thankful for those moments yeah. as a pastor. And I'm sure you relate as a counselor and, and you've been in pastoral Absolutely. ministry for years. It, it, I think the lie is I can't tell anyone that I'm secretly struggling. And and yeah. there's there's already a weight that lifts when we get to the place that says I don't need to tell everybody, but yeah. but I should tell someone. And yeah. uh, and what yeah. that does in, in our lives. So so for me as as a, uh, I count those conversations as 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 one of the sweetest things mm-hmm. in ministry. I, I consider it a privilege and uh and so I, I I just advocate for those out there that, that are struggling in this season. Please yeah. don't struggle alone. No, it's a gift for Christian community to get. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a big crowd, but but for some to get to walk that with you, yeah. um, can be beautiful. 
Yeah, you know, and, and here, here's a great story that we that we have in the scripture. That Jesus Himself, and the and the night before the night of His betrayal, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. So you think about that that, that what happened there. Jesus got three of his friends, his closest friends, and he said, come with me. And, and here's this picture of Jesus being, being desperate for help, being emotionally troubled, it says. Hmm. You know, it's almost, he, he was experiencing something that he, he, he didn't want to face alone. So he opens up to three of his closest friends, says, come, come with me. And he goes to a place in the garden there and, uh, and he wants them to pray with him and, and be with him. And he opens up, he, he opens up his heart. He opens up his soul before the father with his these three friends. Now they fell asleep. <laughs> you know, and that happens to us, yeah, right? Yeah. Like we are desperate in our and and but what a picture mm-hmm. that Jesus says to us. Even even Jesus, the man of perfect faith, said, I, I want I want community around me. I'm gonna open and I'm I'm gonna open my heart, wow. even though these guys are gonna fall asleep and fail me yeah. in this way. But there, then he he cries out to the Father, and here's what he prays. He says, "Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me." Yeah. And I I encourage people uh, I, with that all the time that here is Jesus in with perfect faith, asking the Father, "Is there another way? But not my will, but yours be done." And mm. and so there is permission to. That's a good prayer. To, to, yeah, yeah, like how? Yeah. When was last? You know, we. I'm always finding things that I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. But here's the lie, though. I feel like, well, if I have faith, I shouldn't pray to ask God to 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 do do something about this. I should just trust Him with it. Right. Right. And let alone cry and and out to Him. But here's Jesus with perfect faith saying, "Father, if there's another way, let you know, like." let it be possible but not my will but yours be done and he pr- prays for probably three four hours uh because he prays multiple times and at some point he hears the father and and, and the father ministers to him mm. and i think that that's a great picture of permission and invitation from the father to lay whatever it is we're struggling with t- before him and and to invite our community and to to be open like you're saying mm. you know and uh and, and he can handle it, Amen. Uh, and that might actually be evidence of, of, of the greatest faith that you have. It's, not, it's like, again, I think that one of the lies is if you're struggling, that means you have little faith. Now it might, but, but, but you know, here's Jesus per, again, perfect faith. Yeah, that's good. Crying out, struggling. He's troubled in his soul, and 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 so that's a word for for me. That's a word for I think all of us yeah, to say, hey, this is this, this should be norm the normative experience. Because if that's Jesus' experience, how much more normal should it be for us to be crying out and getting our friends around us yeah. uh, to to lay our hearts open before the Father? Yeah. Oh, this has been such a rich and timely conversation. Thanks for having it, Jason. Can you just tell uh, the fine folks where they can. Uh, 
discover more about uh, the Gospel Care Collective? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, www.gospelcarecollective.org. There you can find information on counseling that I offer, uh, my wife and I. Um, I do consulting for churches, helping them think through developing a culture of care. And then we do training. We offer a certification in biblical counseling course that we do for over eight months. Fantastic. Jason, thanks so much for uh, your ministry and for this conversation. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Jason for the free counseling session for me and a few hundred of my closest friends. Sincerely, if you're experiencing anxiety and depression or heightened relational conflict in light of the unique dynamics going on during this pandemic, I want to invite you to reach out to someone around you, a trusted friend, pastor, mental health expert, or a solid counselor like Jason, because no one should have to suffer in silence and isolation. Contrary to what you might think, you're not burdening us. Rather, what you're doing is you're allowing us the immense privilege of being invited into your inner life. And we want to honor that trust that you are putting in us. I commend the Gospel Care Collective and Redemption Counseling to you. Jason and that network of Christian counselors will serve you well as you seek to walk through troubled waters with courage and conviction. And listen, the Lord will really bless that in your life. Next week, I get Elisa Childers on the line to talk about her new book, Another Gospel, A Lifelong Christian Seeks Truth in Response to Progressive Christianity. It's this fascinating mix of autobiographical and apologetics that explores her experience within progressive Christianity and her experience, wisdom, and biblical faithfulness on this made for a fascinating conversation. Talk to you then. Thank you.